welcome back to another warm-up episode of BS Reactor. This is where we get ready to jump into our next topic, which is usually a thing we couldn't get anyone else to talk to us about. If you're new to listening, welcome. We're glad to have you. However, you should know that we use casual profanity and spoilers here so we can talk more comfortably about the topics at hand. If that's not your style, check out now. Also, if you're a historian and prone to taking historical inaccuracies personally, probably a hard checkout too. This one is a milestone for us, so we put a little extra in making this one. Hope you like it. And as always, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Welcome back to BSR Warm Up. Today we're doing another Malik's Picks. America, the motion picture. <laughs> which is the best and worst movie I've ever seen. It's neat in its own ways. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Is it worse and better than Velocipaster? Yes. I mean, it's no better than Velocipaster yeah. in my book. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. We yes, can get into that when we actually review it, but it's after like yeah. it's a separate argument. It's a whole thing. And I kept trying to recommend it to friends this week. And <laughs> how'd that go? I, I, no one watched it. Is <laughs> besides give us. up. No, just give up. Uh, you guys yeah. had to watch it because we had to for this. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the warm-up question for this week is if you had to make a sequel to this movie which is kind of a tongue-in-cheek retelling of the american revolution Mm. what would the sequel be i object to both tongue-in-cheek and retelling (laughs) this context do you want to have first go at this then i mean the only way to really follow up something like this is to just go whole hog in the worst way possible okay yeah yeah and i thought at first okay you could find a way to sidestep into the civil war because it's the next big formative thing about Mm -hmm. america right but like Mm -hmm. that's not as much fun as the consequences of the civil war right yeah i've been spending a lot of time digging around civil war and southern reconstruction stuff lately a lot of atune shea films a lot of especially from the perspective of the south there's a lot of uh Mm. there's a lot of things to sift through to find out what's not propaganda that's true of every historical period but yeah Mm -hmm. yeah. gets very focused and tight whole organizations sprang forth in the collapse of the confederacy to preserve their viewpoint and Mm -hmm. rewrite their history like that's typically that's not how it works when you lose the war yeah but what if they never really thought they really really lost i mean (laughs) i think there's a lot of that there they don't now (laughs) it was pretty clear at the time and they have worked very hard to make that fuzzier. <laughs> so I'm thinking maybe skip reconstruction a little bit, jump straight into fucking Jim Crow South. Okay. And try to tell that story through the lens of white bros and fed up minorities in over the top action cartoon. Okay. Interesting. Kind of like some boondocks thing. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. And it would be parallel to things that are happening nowadays too. Mm. And Absolutely. current social movements. I want to take some of that stuff on, yeah. especially like the daughters of the Confederacy is a huge fucking problem uh-huh yeah i was gonna say involved but no but a lot of organizations a lot of politics very closely aimed at not quite 
okay, some of them are aimed at just blatantly rewriting things, but like uh-huh. playing to the desire to feel like you were on the right side. Uh-huh. It was yeah. just especially hilarious, you know, that many generations are moved. There's been also shows that have happened relatively recently, and I'm thinking of the, well, the most recent Watchmen TV series mm-hmm. that happened that kind of tackled that sort of stuff too. One of the characters, his grandfather, great-grandfather, whatever, was a member of the clan, mm-hmm. and he's both proud of his heritage but also hates it at the same time and i thought that was kind of an interesting dichotomy an interesting conversation to have i don't think they handled it necessarily as well as they could have in the series but i I don't want to give any spoilers away as a person who has very personally and viscerally disowned a parent and an entire lineage Uh it's always fascinating to me how much some people need to reach into the past to validate themselves yeah and that is spun into well an industry really I think putting this kind of ridiculous tear apart the narrative who gives a shit what order it goes in or what characters do and don't belong here kind mm-hmm. of thing into that depressing a context is a great way to really use it. Yeah. Because we already have a pretty solid American narrative of the revolution. <laughs> yeah, it, it became a very sacred thing to talk about in textbooks. And America did no wrong. The British were yeah. the, the, and this has, the evil empire. This has a little bit of like, okay, America didn't really need to go this hard but it also still posits britain as like this evil global domination force with only assholes Uh uh-huh and it leans into the getting a little too much into the movie but like it leans so hard into that othering of a culture that you're rebelling against absolutely they become a scapegoat for everything the british are like almost zombies in this Uh their people are converted to britain by being soaked in tea or whatever the fuck and it immediately (laughs) whitens their hair ruins their teeth gives them shitty accents Uh uh-huh the cockneyed accent yeah so like they're a plague not people absolutely every global conflict is complex i think it's interesting that we're doing this on the tale of reviewing the wolf warrior (laughs) (laughs) kind of the opposite kind of movie But uh, yeah, yeah, I think it would be interesting to tackle that era yeah. in a and movie like you'd this. You'd have to work a lot harder to get sympathetic characters, too. Uh-huh. But, you know, you can pull them from wherever. It doesn't really matter who the president is or who the what, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. Pat, you said you wanted to go last, right? Yeah. Y'all good? We're doing that set. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay, so Malik and Jasmine are going to do theirs <laughs> after the review so they can add some more context cues to their thing. So I guess I'm going next. My thought about this is the next romanticized battle in America, World War II. <laughs> and I, I think it's only natural that they fight Nazis in the sequel to this. <laughs> Maybe you could do like FDR and have like a robot wheelchair. Oh, that'd be cool. See, the trouble with that is that FDR was already in the first movie. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he'll come back. He was a time traveler or something. Probably. I mean, given what they reached across and did, I think that'd be fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of references you can go in this just pulling from movies that reference the Second World War. And again, it was a complex time and history and problems. But I think the Second World War is so much a part of our media that it's everywhere. There's a World War II movie that comes out every year in the theaters, sometimes dozens of them. And it never seems to escape the public consciousness in America. It's uh, America was on the right side. They did all the right things, blew up all the right whatevers. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Listen, he, he yeah. admits. <laughs> Obviously, this is all propaganda right. and that. And <laughs> I mean, ordinarily, I'd agree with you, but in this context, we're yeah. talking about propagandizing what really happened. That's, I know that's but, legit. Uh-huh. 
still troublesome. When, when doing this one, I would make a lot of references to war movies and like our ideation of how war progresses, like who is in the conflict, who is not. So you can sort of get that bro culture that this one endorses so heavily, but also increase the discussion about what is conflict nowadays? Like what is a war? How do we express ourselves? Maybe pull in some of that call of duty mentality. I was hoping mm-hmm. with things. Say that. Yeah. And like kept the noob tubes blowing up all the... <laughs> <laughs> Okay. The troops and whatnot. So, yeah, I would play into that. Definitely. Does Call of Duty have noob tubes? Blowing up all the noobs. You have, like, General Patton since he was such a badass. Uh Have him jumping out of a plane with no parachute, just laying on the ground and start... Yep, just hopes and dreams, right? Yep. Start shooting everybody. That'd be awesome. I thought that was a Counter-Strike thing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It it all all kind of blends together. There are, like, a bajillion FPSs that all jump on top of each other now. But anyway, uh, Pat, it seems like you have some notes today, so... Oh, yeah. I'm excited. So should I prep the soundtrack? Actually, yes, you should. <laughs> oh, oh God I, damn I wrote, it. This is another fast and ferocious, isn't it? Well, I wrote a trailer, so you'll hear a lot of cut twos and me just describing what's going on so you guys can understand what the trailer looks like. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, y'all ready? We got to hire yeah, you, like, I'm not a sure. design team to <laughs> make these for you. Yeah. In the world where belief pit brother versus brother, cut to General Grant, muscular man with no shirt but has his hat on and pants, getting punched in the face by equally ripped General Lee. Then General Lee says, "Looks like you can take a punch the same way you command." Crappy, and then he laughs. <laughs> now cut back to the narrator. Three men may be the only answer to reuniting a country torn apart by war. And then it cuts to General Grant around the table with his generals. And Grant says, we need someone who can stop Lee and take back the South. And then busting through the roof is a ripped Alexander Hamilton, played by Lin-Manuel Miranda, jumps through the roof and says, sir, as your right-hand man from the movie, yeah. as right-hand man, I know some men who can help. General Grant looks at him and says, who? Cut to black screen with the name MLK on the screen. <laughs> then cut to Martin Luther King. He's all ripped. He shoots a bunch of rebel soldiers and he shoots one in the head. And then he says, I have a dream that one day I will get your brains out of my shirt. <laughs> and then he high fives Nelson Mandela. <laughs> oh, this is weird. Uh, then in the next one, they cut to another black screen and it says Malcolm X. And then it cuts to an athletic Malcolm X hitting a rebel soldier with a huge boulder saying, Pimp Rock, just crush your face. I swear to God, the next one's Louis Farrakhan. And then okay. next screen cuts back to the black screen with a name of Marcus. Marcus Garvey for y'all. Okay. Marcus cuts to a Herculean looking Marcus Garvey who jumps off a cliff with a detonator in his hand and a and a parachute on his back saying, say it loud. And then he pushes the button. The building explodes behind him. I'm black and I'm proud. And then back to the rear. Near rear. <laughs> wait, wait. I, I feel like in the background, Mario Van Plewos is glaring at him. We're just doing some war, so we got to. Right, yeah, 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 right, right. So, yeah. sorry. The narrator again. A menace is brewing down in the Delta. Then he cuts to Jefferson Davis, General Lee, and Woodrow Wilson, because Woodrow Wilson is a known racist, looking over a body on a surgical table. They pan down, and Jefferson Davis says, we are about to change the course of the war. Since it's a sequel to the first one, you see a cyborg Benedict Arnold's arm come up and clamp <laughs> shut because they got him and remade him. Uh-huh. But you can't really kill werewolves. 
Alright, so back to the there we are. Can these three men save the country? Cuts to all three men talking. General Grant. MLK says, Don't worry, we got this. And then the narrator says, And the world. Cut to Jefferson Davis shaking hands with Hitler and Pol Pot. Hitler says, <laughs> and then it says Hitler says, Once you destroy the North, we could take over the world. And then the moon. <laughs> this is not the text. The narrator says, <laughs> He's brought worst with sauerkraut on it. <laughs> yeah. Quietly hiles himself in the camera. Then back to the narrator. This Juneteenth, from the incredibly hot, glamorous, beautiful, <laughs> genius mind that brought you the fast and the ferocious, <laughs> the summer, <laughs> the summer blockbuster to end all blockbusters. Here we go. Michael B. Jordan. Mahershala Ali and reprising his role for Malcolm X, Denzel Washington. <laughs> this summer, get ready to come black for more action. America, the motion picture too, black for blood. <laughs> then you cut to all three men. They're beaten and exhausted looking, <sighs> breathing hard. Huh? Marcus says, turning to MLK, got any more bright ideas? And MLK shrugs his shoulder, goes, pray. And then the camera focus on the rebel zombie walking towards them. The zombie falls to the ground due to his head exploding. The camera turns back and shows the surprised faces of the men. They're like, oh my God, that happened. And then the camera pans out to a person standing on top of a tank on fire with a shotgun. The person is Harriet Tubman. She says while smirking, hey boys, didn't your mamas ever tell you to get off the tracks when a train is coming through? Cut to the three men with a quizzical look on their faces. Cut to the black screen with the words Summer 2022. <laughs> Excellent work. <laughs> I mean, I'd watch that one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right? right? I was just kind of spitballing. Right? That actually makes sense. Yeah. It goes with what the first movie was, how it just mixed different people together, yeah. and it goes on the same plot of over-the-top stuff and craziness, and you add historical people. Everyone goes together. So real people, we got to get done. Yeah, I feel like that works. I feel like I didn't try hard enough now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I wrote that while watching the Lego Batman movie last night. Tight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's awesome. Okay, join us next time for America, the motion picture. <laughs> Not black for more blood. BS Reactor recorded in a socially distanced quasi-studio so we can live to butcher history for another day. All voices, music, and mixing is put together by us. All rights reserved. If you have any comments, questions, or recommendations on how to spice up our next amateur pitch meetings, find us on social media or our website, bsreactor.com. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and tell a friend. Every download and reaction helps other people find us. This episode is not brought to you by time travelers doing research on the best way to blow up history. But if you're listening, let us know. We've got a lot of ideas, and for real, it's not like it's going to get worse, right? And as always, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. I like the black from more blood thing too. First, I was going to say the tagline was be black for more action, but that that's kind of sounds stupid. So black yeah. for more blood. I don't know. Black in action might be okay. Oh, that would have been. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he just realized the most opportunity. <laughs> Do you want to yeah. just dub that back in? <laughs> nah, I go for it. I go for that route.